I've said it before. When you see a number like that right now, that's a lot of that can be because they bought a house that they're closing on. They tried to get more money. They needed to sell. And they finally just gave up and said, you know what? Like we got to get rid of this thing. Yeah. Um, like I've, that happened with me this summer. We sold one of our, one of the listings I had, we, we had to sell for less than we wanted to, but if we didn't sell it, then they wouldn't get their dream home. And over the last, I think three years, they were still up like 200,000. You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Hello. Welcome Hello. back. The Ottawa Real here. Estate Podcast. We are here. Most of us. <laughs> it yeah. is uh, Paul Stevenson and Greg Campbell today. We are the hosts of the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. We're missing David Warren today. Unfortunately, woke up feeling a little raspy. Says, you know, I'm not going to subject our our listeners to my my horse, <laughs> my horse Something voice going around. Yeah, again. Uh, so yeah, so we uh, we're back. We're here. We are uh, near the end of August, which is pretty insane. Uh, still feels like February, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, <laughs> the market seemingly is just stagnant. Is what is what I would say. Uh, we're going to get into everything today. We got a few a uh, few articles we're going to go over. Greg's got a couple good stories. Uh, we're going to give you some stats. But uh, start off. I'm going to actually. I'll lead off with uh, thanking everyone who tuned in last week for the live show. It was quite fun. I think we're going to do that probably once a month now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're listening now on on YouTube or any other channel, please make sure to subscribe, uh, like, share, review, whatever you'd like. And a quick shout out to North Brew, who I think I actually forgot about altogether last week. Uh, if you go to northbrew.ca and use the promo code podcast, they're going to give you 20% off your coffee order, all coffee orders. And uh, 20% of that order goes towards the Ottawa homeless community. So uh, great coffee, great cause. And uh, here we are. Greg, how was your week? How was the weekend? How are you doing? It's good. It's productive. I'm, uh, you know, summer's been, uh, you know, as we talk about it every week, it's been interesting and different. And I'm, ramping up to have a very uh aggressive fall i think i'm doing things a little bit differently in my business and uh i'm really hoping to help more people than than usual this fall um you know with the market being how it is it's uh it's a little bit unpredictable but um i think it's gonna take a turn for the better a lot of people are saying the worst you know i'm saying for the better but other than that yeah, I got a deal done last week. Weekend was great. I'm here now. You know, how about yourself, Paul? How was how was your weekend? Uh, weekend was good. What did you get up to? For, uh, well, my my son was here last week, which is nice. Summer gives us a bit more time to uh, spend some QT together. Uh, we made a little day trip to Montreal on Friday. Brought my parents. Um, it was great. Went to Old Port. My parents both grew up in Montreal. My mom said uh, she until she was yeah I think in her mid twenties early 30s she'd never been to old port and like grew up in montreal her whole what? life like, yeah. she's like <laughs> That's I, don't, I don't yeah it's insane but it's one of those things you know you live in the city you don't think of uh you just don't yeah. you don't become a tourist um but yeah so we went to old montreal went for a nice lunch uh went to the oratory and uh drove back it was great nice little day it's a hop skip and a jump from ottawa obviously mm-hmm. and um and then the rest of the weekend, just kind of ran errands, took it easy, uh, hung out around the house, did some some yard work, you know, <laughs> got crazy, went to Home Depot, Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, uh, 
No, it was good. It was good. It was relaxing. Uh, did a little reading and uh, ready for the week. You know, it's going to be a busy week, I think. And it, as you said, like, yeah. it's funny, we're, we're always so optim- optimistic. Uh, but everywhere I look, like, I, we, you know, we get a, every morning I get headlines from across Canada from different news outlets and so on pertaining to mortgages. And every single day, it's like negative, 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 mildly negative, mm-hmm. negative, 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 like everything. It's all doom and gloom. Uh, and I don't know if I'm just too much of an optimist to see what's actually happening or if that's just how they sell records and, and sell papers and we're just, uh, you know, we're more in tune with what's happening. But I mean, we have, we've had a lot of comments where people are, you know, you guys are always bullish and this and that, but I try to be as honest as I can on the show. I mean, there's no benefit to us lying about what we think is happening in the market. Uh, it's not like we, you know, we don't get business if there's no home selling. It's not like, uh, it's not like us saying it uh, mm-hmm. bumps our numbers or anything like that. So, I mean, it, it really is our, our true genuine feeling. I just, this last couple of weeks, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the, we talked about that kind of standoff that we're seeing between buyers and sellers. And I really do think that's exactly where we are. Like sellers have this, you know, perception of what they're going to get and buyers have this perception of what they think they should be paying. And there's this gap mm-hmm. in the middle and nobody wants to nobody wants to budge, and I think with the with the rate hike very likely looming in September, you know we're basically two weeks away, two and a half weeks away from potentially another rate hike. Very likely another rate hike for the variable rates, and uh, I think that's going to probably shift things again in the favor of buyers. I would imagine uh, from a pricing standpoint, but who knows? Uh, we don't know where things are going to go, and now I, I you know. I wouldn't say my optimism is waning. I still feel confident the fall is going to be very busy and, and we're going to see prices go up again. But uh, we'll, we're going to have to see what happens with this with this next rate hike because it's it's really, like you said, it's very unpredictable right now. Yeah, and I think the... Um, I don't know about prices going up too much more, but I don't think they're going to drop too much, like much further than where they're at now. It's possible they can. I mean... Overall, I think in Canada, they're predicting another 12% or something like that as an average, which we know is basically irrelevant because every market (laughs) is totally different. Yeah. So Ottawa still being a little bit more insulated. I'm finding that people, I'm not even having conversations about rates with people that that I'm talking to right now. No one is even questioning it. The question is, are you pre approved? Yes. What can you afford? I can afford this. Let's go. That's it. Yeah. There's no other, like, what do you, like, you know, what do you think about the market? Like, you know, I mean, it's not the same way. It's like, you need to buy a house. Let's go shopping. Basically the seller, you know, I tell them and, and I, and, and, you know, I'm very, as I say, a bullish, I'm very bullish on the, uh, the summer market in Ottawa being slower as some people think that that's uh, completely false for some reason, but uh, historically it happens. I also actually, just to confirm that, um, because most of the headlines are talking about how it's down, everything's down, everything's going down. I found five articles online throughout North America where top realtors in their regions, like over the past couple of years are saying, typically like in those areas, summer is also slow for them. And then it picks up again in the fall. So, you know, believe, believe what you want to believe. If you, if you want to buy a house, you, you want to buy a house. Um, I'll just go into some numbers here quickly based on that intro. Uh, I did a quick run through of Barhaven, three bedroom townhomes, as we know, it's still like, you know, the hottest market in the city basically is uh, townhomes at that price point. So right now in Barhaven, we have 26 active. The average list price is 642,000, 35 days on market. So that's, 
you know, some people would still think that that's very high. Uh, conditionally sold one at 629,000, 20 days on market. Sold, there was two sold. This is in the last week. Two sold in the last week. Average was 605,000, 11 days on market, 97% sales price to list price. Now, <clears throat> I've said it before. When you see a number like that right now, that's a lot of that can be because they bought a house that they're closing on. They tried to get more money. They needed to sell. And they finally just gave up and said, you know what? Like, we got to get rid of this thing. Yeah. Um, like, I've uh, that happened with me this summer. We sold one of, our, one of the listings I had. We, we had to sell for less than we wanted to. But if we didn't sell it, then they wouldn't get their dream home. And over the last, I think, three years, they were still up like 200000 you know what I mean? In equity. So it was like, sure, it'd be nice to have the extra thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, but, you know, realistically, um, you know, they're okay. Anyways, in 2021, the same week, six three-bedroom townhomes sold in Barhaven. Average price was 563000 in 26 days on market. Last year. Last year. Mm -hmm. So, like, look at that. So even, even if the, it's down right now, Six that that's still an increase of basically forty thousand dollars, and it took longer to sell last summer. So, you know, figure it out. <laughs> so an extra an extra ten days on market by on average, but it it's increased by forty five fifty thousand over the year. Yeah, worth the ten day wait, I would say. But yeah, I think I think it goes back to what we were saying before. It's just it's one of those things where people are, you know, they hear of, you know, Susie and, and Sally or whoever selling their home for, you know, 600,000 more than what they paid for it three years ago. And there's kind of this unrealistic expectation of what you might get for your home. And there are anomalies still, you know, you have a perfect, beautiful, brand new build home in a perfect neighborhood and the right buyer comes along. I mean, you're still going to get those, those kind of outliers, but mm -hmm. from a, like what you just explained, <clears throat> 30, 35 days on market, 600 and, you know, I think it was what, 20, 30,000 on average for the listings of the, of the, of the townhomes. I mean, that Six, to me, well, no, right now it's active. The average is 642,000, right? 35 days on market. So like, that's, that's interesting to me. Like what, if any of those sell within the next week, you know, what are they going to sell for? What's the bottom line? Yeah. And, and that's more of a balanced market, right? I mean, 30, 35 days on market is really what the mm -hmm. average typically is in Ottawa, historically. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, if we looked at the last, like, you know, we've been talking about the last 65 years when we were looking at those stats of, of year over year increase. I would say if we looked at average days on market as a whole over the last, you know, 50, 60 years, it's probably going to be somewhere between 30 and 45 days. So, mm -hmm. You know, if we're if we're just talking averages and historically speaking, like this is what would be a normal balanced market. Now, I don't think it's going to stay this way, which is why I, I, you know, it may be balanced right now, but will it be this way in six months? Unlikely. You know, either. And what I, I'm interested to know, like going into the winter, Greg, like what I can tell you what I think is going to happen, but I'd like to hear like what is your prediction as far as you know number of listings sales sale prices like what do you think is actually what, what are we going to see likely come this fall winter you know i'm big on winter i'm big on buying and selling in the winter for many reasons uh a lot of people don't think that it's a good time to buy everything is generally down a bit 
Um, I'm going all in this winter. I'm, I'm pushing tons of uh, marketing material to my sphere and to clientele for this winter, because I think it's going to be an opportunity for everybody. Um, more serious buyers, uh, interest rates will be kind of like everyone's okay with everything. They just, they have it figured out. I think this winter is going to be good, but you know, I mean, the last couple of years, the spring market started like the second week of January, mm -hmm. you know, marking like some of the highest sales ever. I remember I had that in 2021, I had the highest selling townhome in this one area of Orleans and still nothing has sold for more than that since 2021 of the mm -hmm. same style. And this one was just okay, but for whatever reason, <clears throat> you know, and that was what month in January. Yeah. It was the first home on the market. We had like 40 offers or something like that. It was, it was ridiculous. Um, do I think that's going to happen again? No, but I think that buyers are also right now a little bit more accepting of the fact that this is what the interest rates are and they have to move forward. So uh, of course, I mean, we, we, we know how it works, right? Interest rates are down. Prices go up. Interest rates come up. Prices come down. It balances out. But right now, whatever you're buying, you're going to be paying more um, you know, over lo long term. And hopefully a little bit of a lesser price, but you're still spending the same amount of money. So it comes down to what we talk about every week. Do you need to buy a home or do you not? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, if you sit here and try to read the market all the time, you're never going to do anything. You're just going to be, I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's ridiculous. I feel like a broken record every time, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like just do, do or do not basically <laughs> get the information, do or do not. Don't sit and complain and cry about it and wait for the perfect moment because that doesn't exist. And if you don't take the risks, then you're not going to move ahead in life. What do you want to do? What is your priority? It's like anything, right? There's that kind of, uh, you know, analysis paralysis where you're just kind of constantly analyzing is now good. Is, should I wait? Should I have done it? Should I, you know, should have, should have, should have. Uh, and then it never happens, right? There's never any action taken. So it is important, as you said, there's, there's never going to be a perfect time to buy, but understanding the market, understanding where you're buying, whether or not you can afford it, and then putting a roof over your head. And, and if you're renting currently and you have the capacity to buy, I mean, no matter how you slice it, you're definitely going to always come out ahead by buying uh, as opposed to, you know, when you're renting, you're obviously paying the mortgage for the, the landlord or the owner of the home. So it's much better to be putting that money back in your pocket. I always look at my mortgage payment as, as like a true investment payment. Like I'm putting that money aside for... Um, future consideration, whether yeah. or not the home appreciates or not, even if it goes down slightly, I'm still putting that money aside that I'm not going to spend. I'm spending it on a roof over my head. And in, you know, 15, 20 years, that money will come back to me uh, in some capacity. So that's, that's kind of how I think about the monthly payment. And um, I think it's important to, as you said, if you want to own a home, there's, you know, <laughs> there's never a perfect time. You just have to kind of do it. And I mean, like I said, the first time I bought my home first, the first home I bought, excuse me, it was in 2011, uh, and I bought it for 212,000, and it was like a three-bedroom townhome. Uh, and I, at that time, was not thinking, "Oh, I'm going to make, you know, 40% return on this. Should it, should I do it? Should I not do it?" I think my rate was 4% at the time, uh, and that was just what it was. Like it was just, I'm buying a home. This is the rate. This is the price. Uh, I sold it for 217,000 seven years later. Uh, I know I've talked about this, so sorry for anyone who's heard this story, but. Sold it for, it, it basically went up in value $5,000 over seven years. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was able to pull, you know, forty to 45000 in equity out of the home, which I then used for the down payment on my next home. And the real kicker is that that home that I sold for two seventeen a year later, when there was that huge bump, 
uh, you know, 2018, 19, 20. Uh, you know, it's now I think listing at, you know, there's they're over 400,000 for those same homes. So they've, you mm -hmm. know, do literally doubled in value since I've sold it. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not kicking myself about it. it. It was a good purchase at that time. When I sold it, it was a good sale. It was a record sale on the street. Uh, I bought another, you know, semi that was, I got it a very good deal. I sold it for a record on that street at the time for, for that style of home. So it's just a matter of what's beneficial now. And then you reassess and four or five years, see where you're at, see what your goals are in life and see if it makes sense to sell or refi refinance, renovate, uh, and just keep going with the flow. But again, it all goes back to what you said, Greg, do you want to own a home? And if you do, then, you know, get in the game. And if you don't, then don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah. I also think that a lot of people uh, have this idea that with the market changing, that their rent is going to go down or that they're going to be able to find a rental for less than maybe what they're paying right now. But I'm pretty skeptical on that. Yeah. I don't know what you think about that. I think rents are going to go up or stay the same for a longer period of time. But uh, I like it. I think there's a group of people that are sitting there hoping that with the prices going down and the rates going up, that their rent is going to drop by like $200 or something like that magically. Well, there's still a lot of people migrating to Ottawa. So, I mean, if you're, if you're renting right now mm -hmm. and you have a good rental payment on a monthly basis, I mean, certainly don't try to ruffle those feathers because I think the less rentals that are available, if there's people coming to the city and people can't buy homes, people are going to be, there's going to be a lot more people going to the rental market, which is obviously going to drive prices up even further, especially if people can afford the higher, the higher rental prices. I, what we saw, and Greg, we talked about this last week. It's crazy to see that you can get, you know, like a one bedroom condo for rent is, you know, $2,000, $2,100 at best. But you can also get a three bedroom single family home in suburbia for like, you know, $2,500 a month. So mm -hmm. it's like, it goes from this, you know, studio one bedroom downtown to like a, an actual single family home for, that you can fit you know, literally your whole family and as a, as a young family, and it's a difference of three, $400 a month, which I find doesn't like, it makes no sense. Yeah. To me, but that's just where the market <laughs> yeah. is. I mean, I guess yeah. nobody's going to be paying 5,000 a month for rent either. All right. Unless you're uh, an ambassador or someone who's uh, like an international student of some sort, if you can afford 5,000 a month in rent, very likely you're going to be buying a home as a, or mm -hmm. finding a way to buy a home. So there is kind of that threshold, I guess, where it can't be too high. But when you're seeing a bachelor or a studio apartment going for almost comparable prices to a single family home, it it's mind blowing. Like it does, to me, know. it doesn't make any sense. Um, one thing else I want to talk to, I read this article earlier today uh, talking about the stress test, which, which kind of all comes full circle on what we're talking about as far as uh, affordability and, and, you know, like you said, rates going up, prices coming down, uh, and what people can afford. So this article talks about whether or not the uh, Canada's mortgage stress test is still relevant. Uh, this was in uh, Canadian Mortgage Trends, which is kind of a, they send us, send me at least uh, mortgage agents, uh, daily articles specific to the industry. So I'd like to read just a few excerpts from this. Um, it says, earlier this month, the Bank of England scrapped its mortgage affordability, uh, mortgage affordability stress test. With mortgage rates now north of 4 and 5% and presumably approaching their peak for this rate height cycle, some are wondering if the changes to Canada's stress test are overdue. 
says the mortgage stress test requires both insured and uninsured mortgage borrowers to prove they can meet monthly mortgage payments based on a rate of five and a quarter or two percentage points higher than their contract rate, whichever is higher. So these days, borrowers are commonly being stress tested at rates in excess of six and 7%, which is 100% accurate. Uh, I was doing some pre-approvals last week. We're qualifying people in the six and a half, six point seven five range, which means that even though their rate, the contract they they're signing might be, you know, four point five nine or whatever it is, three point nine or whatever it is, based on their rate and the lender and so on, we still have to qualify them as if their rate was two percent higher than what their actual contract rate is going to be. Um, so. It's, it goes on to say the stress test for insured mortgages, so those with less than a 20% down payment, was first introduced in 2016 by the Department of Finance, <clears throat> while the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions, OSFI, followed with its own in 2018 for uninsured mortgages or those with a down payment of more than 20%. So when this first came out, Greg, if you remember, 2016, it was only for people putting less than 20%. They have to qualify for a bit more. Anyone putting 20% or more as a down payment, they didn't have to worry about this. In 2018, they said, eh, eh we're going to switch that. So now everyone has to follow under the stress test. Um, <clears throat> so it says, fast forward to today, which is what we like to do. Home prices are now dropping across the country from the peak reached earlier this year, while interest rates have risen dramatically as the Bank of Canada tries to curb record inflation not seen since the 80s. In today's context, do the current mortgage stress test rules make sense? This is kind of the question they're asking. So the Director of Government Relations at MPC, Mortgage Professionals Canada, JP Boutros, says they're locking Canadians out of the market. There was a real good opportunity for people in 2020 and 2021 to get into home ownership with locked fixed money, but weren't able to because the stress test was so much higher than the actual available rates. So we were still qualifying people at five and a quarter, but rates were, you know, sub 2% in some cases. Mm -hmm. So we're qualifying people for, you know, double two and a half times what their actual rate is. Then it says there's the issue of variable versus fixed rate. I found this very interesting. It says the latter offers homeowners more stability on their mortgage payments, fixed rates, but were harder to qualify for until recently, until fairly recently. A typical fixed rate mortgage of 4.45 would be stress tested at 2% points higher, so 6.45. Richer applicants may not have had a problem with trading extra cash for security, but Putra says it was it wasn't great for well for less, excuse me, for less well-to-do homeowners who wanted into the market. And because of the stress test qualifications, when fixed rates started rising well ahead of the variable rates this year, it forced a lot of people to take a variable rate because that's all they could qualify for. So mm -hmm. we had a few clients, I know, Greg, that, you know, we're looking at fixers variable. We had to give them two different pre-approvals. So here's what your mm -hmm. rate is. Here's what your pre-approval is if you have mm -hmm. a fixed rate. Here's what your pre-approval is if you go with a variable rate. And that forced a lot of people to go with variable rates because they qualified for more. So that obviously mm -hmm. is a personal choice, but that's just what happened with the market. It says here, data from CMHC shows that over half of the mortgages taken out earlier this year in 2022 were variable rate products. So 57% of people took variable, which I think is, I, I don't know what the historical stats are there. Dave would probably know that a bit better, but I think that's probably pretty close. I'd say it's probably somewhere in the, I'd say the majority of people usually take variable, at least, at least my clients, mm -hmm. uh, just because of the way that, you know, I think there's a lot of value on variable, but um, they seem to think that's a high number. So maybe it's actually closer to 50-50. Uh, lastly, it says people are shifting to variable rate mortgages primarily because the stress test was five and a quarter. So previously, regardless of what the variable rate was, we always qualified, pre-qualified people based on five and a quarter if they took variable. And if they took fixed, then it was that 2% over what their contract rate is. So when fixed rates were at 4%, we we're qualifying them at six. But if they took variable, we'd still be qualifying them at five and a quarter. So they'd actually qualify for more going variable. 
So <clears throat> what this all means. So it says, basically, uh, as such, some Canadians are turning to be lenders, alternative lenders that aren't required to do mortgage stress tests, but often charge significantly higher rates. And we've seen this, Greg, ourselves with our clients. Uh, Boutros believes the Department of Finance and OSFI should be recalibrating the exact requirements of the mortgage stress test. They should have lowered the stress test in 2020 and 2021 to allow for first-time home buyers to get in and compete with the well-capitalized. I agree with that. Um, it says at least one jurisdiction is doing away with its mortgage stress altogether. As mentioned above, the Bank of England has scrapped its equivalent of the test, although it does have other qualification guidelines still in place. So what they do is it says one of their limits of the number of mortgages uh, that can be extended to borrowers with a loan-to-income ratio of four and a half or more. So we always talked about, you know, your pre-qualifying is going to be somewhere between four and a half or four to five times your income. So they kind of have that same loan-to-income ratio. Uh, and then lastly, uh, it says he yeah, had it's become more challenging for existing home buyers with good financial history to lock into a fixed from a variable rate mortgage since they have to re-qualify if they're switching lenders. Uh, and this is basically people are going into private mortgages and into B lending because some of them just have no choice now. So sorry, I know it was a very long article, but I thought all of that was very relevant to what we've been talking about. Uh, and I saw it this morning. I said, this is, this is excellent. This is a very good summary. And I think uh, there's nothing in there really that I disagree with. Uh, and I think it's very important. I think there's still some confusion from from home buyers as well mm -hmm. as to what these sorts of rate increases, what sort of impact that has on their buying power. If rates go up again in September, which is very likely, they're saying at least a half percent, if not another three quarter percent, which is going to bring rates to somewhere in the you know five and a quarter to five point four five range for for prime. So even for variable rates, you're going to be looking at probably somewhere in the four and a half range. We're still going to have to qualify those people at two percent higher than that so you know we're still looking at six and a half to seven percent for for some of those clients uh so it is gonna it's gonna reduce people's buying power again in september so i think we are gonna see in september at least we're going to see another uh probably slight decrease in home prices just because of affordability yeah i mean it's it's gonna be really interesting to see you know because i still have this feeling that there's going to be way more people shopping again but, you know, it's up to the market to dictate what that looks like, whether it's buyers, like you're saying, that can't afford much so that they just kind of stop um, or they find ways to get it done. And then sell, the sellers are just going to have to adapt to it. But uh, like I do, I do know that, you know, some of the numbers now for the active listings, I think is probably a little bit high. But a lot of the sellers, it's like we talked about the standoff, right? Yes. So maybe the rate change will make eliminate that standoff. And they'll yeah. have to take more of a hit, right? I think September will be an interesting month because then the rate announcement on September 8th and then the next one's not until October 27th. So there's another, you know, almost full two months, you know, six weeks, six and a half weeks there. Um, but after that September 8th hike, it'll be interesting to see not only from a pre-approving standpoint, how it's going to impact clients that are current actively shopping and pre-approved. And I've been telling people, like, if you're planning to get in there, best to do it before September 8th, especially if you're looking at getting a variable rate, just because it is, you know, your rate will still increase September 8th, but your qualifying could change uh, depending on, on how much they hike that. So September 8th, October 27th, and then December 8th is the last one of 2022. So it's been a wild year for announcements uh, as far as rates. Um, it seems to be the headlines everywhere is, is rates, rates, rates. And I mean, we deal with that all the time, right? I mean, uh, I, I approach it the same way you do, Greg. The numbers are what they are. It's not something that we have any control over. We pre-approve you for what you can, and it's your job to basically figure out, can I, if I say, you know, you can buy up to 
500,000 and your payment's going to be 2,000 a month, can you afford that 2,000 a month? Do you want to pay 2,000 a month? That's a question also you have to ask yourself uh, and making sure that you are getting into a mortgage that is affordable for your family and yourself uh, and that you're not, you know, stepping too far down that line. And the rules are pretty, you know, they're, they're pretty tight as far as the the lending guidelines, as far as, you know, your, your debt ratios and how much debt you can carry compared to your income and so on. So these are all things that we have to assess. But it's also important to assess yourself and say, okay, you know, check yourself as, as I think uh, is said mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the industry um, to make sure that, uh, to make sure that you're not over, over, overextending yourself. That's what I was looking for. It escaped me, escaped me for, uh, for a few sentences there. Uh, overextending yourself from a financial standpoint, you know, it's great that you want to have <clears throat> that beautiful home, but is it going to, you know, as we said, inflation's gone up, gas is higher, food is higher. Like, is it going to affect your it's your ability to have the lifestyle you want? Because you're when the rates started more. going up, when the rates started going up, everyone was asking me what I thought about it. I said, I think it's great because it's promoting more responsible spending and you need to be more aware. It's making you be more aware of what's going on around you and what the numbers are. You're not just wrapped up in this whole like, oh my God, real estate. You know, it's, it's making smarter decisions. So whatever, whatever you want to do, you know me, Paul. I do. Yeah. I th- I, we, we definitely do see eye to eye on, on most of this. So, uh, or all of it, <laughs> uh, Steven, I don't know if, if you can, we'll make sure to, uh, share that article as well so that people can, uh, people can read up on, on the article we talked about. And, uh, why don't we slide in the mood boost, Greg? Uh, since we, you know, we're coming up on, uh, coming up on our 30 busy Monday slash Tuesday for the listeners. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I got three here that I think will get people buzzing for the week. So number one, why are frogs so happy? They eat whatever bugs them. Yes, of course. Uh, why can't you use number two? Why can't you use Fortnite as a password? It's too weak. It's too weak. Fortnite. Yes. For all the young listeners. Um, number three, (laughs) why are stories about NASCAR so satisfying? Because they always come full circle. Mm. NASCAR. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, so for listeners, I'm, I'm very intrigued to hear if anyone was tuning in live, what your thoughts are. We're, we're considering, we're coming up on our hundredth episode, Greg, two weeks from today. And, uh, we're considering doing at least one episode a month live so that we can answer questions live can be a bit more interactive for the listeners and so on. So if you're still listening right now, let us know in the comments, what do you think about the live show? Uh, what sort of, uh, segments should we include in there? We definitely want to include a question and answer period. I thought that was great last time uh, having the live questions because, you know, they're all relevant to the conversation. Uh, allows the listeners to actually be engaged and actually uh, contribute to the conversation as well, which is important. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think and definitely make sure, as we said, to uh, subscribe, okay, to review, like, share, and let us know what time you would want us to go live. Last time we went 7 p.m. It was a Monday and, uh, you know, we had a great a lot of people tuning in. Um, but if there's a time that you guys would prefer, certainly let us know and we can uh, we can try to accommodate. So, Greg, thank you as always for your insights. Thank you. Your beauty, thank you, Paul. Your beard. <laughs> yes. 
Have an awesome week, and uh, we'll be back, everyone, next week. Episode 99. Going Gretzky on it. All right. <laughs> Going Gretzky. Going Gretzky. All right. All right. Take care. See you. Deuces. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe, because we'd really like that.